0: Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to in a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside of recruitment, but all from the coalface, face information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will later squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. As we enter the spring here in the UK, I reflected the other day that this is the first spring I've spent in the UK for four years. I was a regular visitor over those years, but to be here as the world starts to change and shake off the winter rust is one of the joys of being back in the UK. The other benefit is that as spring comes to the UK, we change our clocks, which means my day is a little closer to those in the Gulf and Asia where they don't change. So my days can start somewhat later. With all those changes going on around and the green shoots of the end of the COVID issue starting to show through, at least in some places, this week I wanted to talk about two areas that I've come up in conversation with listeners to the podcast. Topic one this week is motivation. Now everyone is different on this front, and I'll only speak from my personal perspective, but I am prone to huge swings in motivation. I define motivation as the get up and go to do things. We spoke last week about ambition, and we've discussed before the idea of goal setting. And I see three as the collective structure within which your success is achieved. The goals and ambition are, in my opinion, setting out the route and the vehicle you'll be using to get to where you want to get to. The motivation is the drive to do the things that you have set out to do. It's the fuel for the vehicle, if you want. It's crucial to the outcome. And from a personal point of view, it is the most difficult area to work on, as it's the most fluid. Ambition is easy to have, as almost everyone wants to be successful. And the goals are, by their nature, things you want to reach. So committing to them is not that hard. The drive and motivation to keep working towards those ambitions and goals is, however, much more difficult. And as I say, perhaps the most important part. Now, before I go any further, I should point out my earlier statement. I find this very hard to manage. And I have, even now, huge swings in my motivation. The last year has been very difficult. As I've been stuck working from home and I've been unable to do the thing I truly love about my job, getting out there, meeting clients and candidates. When all my work is via a screen and Zoom, Teams calls, or perhaps phone calls, I find it tough to keep pushing. So the first thing to note about motivation when you're looking to get to your goals is that you needn't beat yourself up if your motivation wanes occasionally, or even if it craters completely. Perhaps the best way to explain this is by way of my motivation and how it's changed over the years. When I started out in recruitment, my motivation was to be the best, to be the biggest biller, to be the one who made the most sales at the highest margins. As an example, in the first company I worked for, there were screens up on each sales floor, And when you made a placement, your face would flash up on those screens. They used a photo that they took on the first day you became a salesperson. Mine was in a very fletching purple plum shirt with a matching Paul Smith purple striped tie, both of which, at the time, I thought looked good. But if it sounds awful, believe me, the actual photo was much, much worse. But the fact was, I was focused on getting out there. There was also a trick that if you were the last sale of the week, then your picture would be up all weekend and would still be there come Monday morning. I was often known to get a couple of placements, make one and then wait and see if anyone tried to gazump me before putting up the second sale. That may not have been the most sustainable motivation, but it worked for me and I'm a very competitive person and the motivation to be the best was one I could touch and feel. That worked for many years until I was at another recruitment firm later in my career and had won a large project. So large, in fact, that if we'd been on the sales boards, my whole team of three salespeople would have been one, two, and three on the sales league table and top three by a long way. So the CAO simply took us off. He said it would be demotivating to the other salespeople. I said, tough. They had the option to catch us, but he was the boss and there wasn't much I could do. So suddenly my motivation was removed. Now what? When you set up to get moving via one route, it's very hard when that route is removed as it has been this year with COVID, not being able to get out and see clients, for example. And I struggled for a long time to change, and frankly, my motivation created. My frame of reference had been taken away from me. I felt like a football team suddenly removed from the league to stop them winning the cup. Then I found a new motivation, solving clients' problems. I focused on working with my clients to help them solve whatever staffing issues they had. That was now the new fuel in my vehicle, the new method to get me down the road to get my goals. Suddenly, I had a second route to motivation. More recently, I've added a few more ways to motivate me, such as going out of my comfort zone or setting high challenges and aiming to deliver, in effect competing with myself. Things like I've started a new office in a new country from scratch. That definitely gets you motivated when you put yourself out there. The point being, there are many different ways to get motivation and they will all be unique to you. I would suggest you find methods, a few of them, as not all will be open at the same time. The other point is that these motivations are easy to lose. Sometimes from outside influences, such as my old CEO, and other times simply because you lose them yourself. These points happen to all of us. They are normal. The secret to those who are most successful is that A, they recognize them quickly, and B, they have a plan to get to the other side. I've been lucky. I've always been very good at recognizing when I've lost my motivation. They aren't always, always as hard, easy to spot as when your CEO removes the league table status, but they are easy to spot when you know how. I find it much harder to find a route through. But that I too have solved over the years. And I have two processes that I use now. The first one is I go back to basics. The best analogy is a Tour de France cyclist going up one of those hellish hills in the tour. When you're at the front, the motivation is easy to find. But when you're just plodding up as part of the also rounds, the motivation isn't there. In which case, the process is simply keep pedaling and keep working until you're over the hill. Now, this isn't sexy, but it is what works. If I lose my motivation or feel that I'm a low on fuel, I go back to the process, client and candidate calls, keep in touch, work on the interviews, work on new clients. I set my targets and I focus on hitting them, safe in the knowledge that eventually the hill will end. And the benefit of all the hard work cresting a hill is that the other side is downhill and the motivation comes back quite easily when you're going downhill. I also, as topic two, stop beating myself up and give myself a break. It's so easy to get down on yourself when you're having a bad day. And there have been a number of bad days in the last 12 months of lockdown and restrictions. And to be frank, there have been more than a few early finishes in my youth that would have got me down on myself. And it still does a bit, but I've learned to give myself a break and understand that at times what you need to do is step back, do something else completely different, and then come back to the problem again later. Now, I'm not going to promise there's a magic bullet to motivation, but hopefully with these few tips and ideas, you can find a way to keep those fuel tanks fuller for longer. On to topic two for today. Should I stay with my agency or should I go it alone? I've had a few million pound years in my career and I've had years both working for an agency and working for myself where I've billed over a million pounds. So which would I advocate for those of you looking to make the next step? The simple answer is that it depends on what you value most. Both options will give you an opportunity to hit your targets. You could argue that an agency has the infrastructure to offer you an easier route, for example. If you were a big client, the agency should have the financial backing to be able to deliver on that, which often isn't the case if you're working for yourself. An agency also has a wide range of other people to help you take on some of the wider roles and help you focus on your sales, whether that's marketing, resource support, finance or credit control. All of these would still need to be done by you if you're working alone. Also, frankly, an agency gives you people to celebrate with. I mentioned my plum shirt on the screen before. What was also part of that success was the big high-fives from my teammates and the celebration drinks when we hit targets. Also, the flip side, those same teammates were there to pick me up when things went wrong. When you work for yourself, it can be very lonely, even if you employ people. All that being said, I earn far, far more when I build a million in my own company than I ever did working for an agency, almost double. And from my research, it's pretty much the same for any level of a sales in an agency. You're paying for all those additional services. And of course, the colleagues who aren't performing and the management team. Working for myself was also a great lifestyle business. I was able to take Friday off and play golf when the mood took me. I would still work long hours, often much longer than when I worked for a company. But I had full control over my days. If I didn't want to work, then I wouldn't. Try doing that when you're working for a company. Finally, I was in complete control of who I worked with, at what levels and in what way. When I was with an agency, I was forever being told which sector I could work if some other person was assigned to work to a sector that I might want to target. And that's frustrating when you can see a huge opportunity and the other person isn't able to or simply isn't bothered to go after it. I was also often told to turn down work due to commercial reasons. Now, of course, work needs to pay for the time you're putting in and you need to get the money in from the clients. However, there were times I had to walk away from profitable business due to factors outside my control. When I went to work for myself, that wasn't ever an issue. I could work with whoever I wanted, whenever I wanted, or whatever rate I decided I wanted to work with them at. So the simple point of all this is you need to decide what you want and what you get most out of from an agency model. But take note, just because your current company doesn't offer all the good bits, doesn't mean you're necessarily need to start up on your own. It may be that you just need to move company. I had a whale of a time running my own business, but it was also the worst time of my life when I had to close it. The key is to do whatever is best for you. There are a wide range of options open to you to be successful. You need to work on which ones are best for you and then back yourself to deliver. If you are thinking about starting up on your own, you can log into my website, adrian-mansfield.com, and we have got a few guides on how to start up your own company. I hope these topics have given you some food for thought for this week. As ever, if you want to discuss them, I'm on social media platforms at at millionpoundbiller, or you can register to be part of our community at adrian-mansfield.com. I'll be back next week with more thoughts from the recruitment cold face. In the meantime, have a good week and enjoy the journey.